Hey friends, welcome to the Intuitive Mother Podcast, the podcast created to help you awaken, heal, and connect to your truth and your desires as you journey home to you in the midst of motherhood. I'm your host, Angie Schaefer, wife, mom of two teen daughters, intuitive life coach and Reiki healer, creator of The Awoken Woman, and spiritual joy seeker. Each week, we'll come together and chat just as if we are on my sofa, side by side, sharing sacred space. It is my greatest hope to help other moms by offering insights, interviews, and straight up truth on all things motherhood and womanhood to guide your journey home with a friendly and healing vibe. Our time is now. Let's go. Hey friends, welcome back to the Intuitive Mother podcast. This week we have a very special guest with us, Cynthia Kane, and we are going to discuss how creating a more intentional relationship with your children by being less reactive and more responsive and speaking to them consciously and concisely and clearly. Cynthia is the CEO and founder of the Kane Intentional Communication Institute a certified meditation and mindfulness instructor, and has her Bachelor's of Art degree from Bard College and a Master's of Fine Arts degree from Sarah Lawrence College. She lives in the D.C. area, and her work has been featured in national and international publications, including Spirituality and Health Magazine, Self Magazine, Thrive Global, Authority Magazine, The Washington Post, Women's Day, BBC Travel, Refinery29, Mind Body Green, and more. She has been a featured mindfulness and meditation expert on Great Day Washington, Good Morning Arizona, Good Morning Connecticut, and All About Women, Wang Radio. She's been featured on multiple podcasts, and she was named as the number two communication coach to watch in a 2021 by Yahoo. Cynthia has so much information to share with us on this podcast, and I just loved getting to know her and her story and bringing her on here to give you, our listeners, maybe an insight to better communication with your children. So sit back, relax. If you're driving, don't don't get too comfy, but listen up because this episode is full of goodness. All right. Well, today on the podcast, I want to welcome Cynthia Kane. I am so excited to have you with us, Cynthia. A few months ago, um, your team reached out to me about you being a guest on our podcast. And I was just excited once I read your bio and I realized we had a lot of similarities as to what you do in the world. And what I hope to do in the world through the podcast episodes that I record and just share my thoughts as a mom, as a conscious mother, and someone that really like has leaned into communication with her daughters. There were a lot of similarities. So I was super excited to bring you on the podcast. And um, I know we had to postpone one time from December. So I'm glad we're finally here in the new year. And I wanted to get started just by having you share with our listeners a little bit about your mission, your work at Kane Intentional Communication Institute. And um, we can just get started by sharing a little bit about yourself and how you got started. Yeah. 
Well, I'm excited to be here as well. Um, and I love all the work that you're doing in the world. I think it's so important. And um, I know that all those who work with you are really blessed to be to be working together. So I'm happy that you're doing the work. Um, and so my mission right now really is to help people speak in a kind, honest, and helpful way and become less reactive in their most important relationships and really be able to express themselves in a way that they're heard, right? And that they respect or feel good about. Um, I don't, this wasn't something that I grew up wanting to do. I didn't think about like becoming a communication coach or anything of that sort. And I was really bad at communicating. So I very passive aggressive, very judgmental, very reactionary. Okay. And for me, I had a lot of difficulty in silence. I'd like to fill the space. It was uncomfortable. And most of my interactions just never went the way that I wanted them to go. You know, I had this idea of how I wanted to show up and I would show up completely different. And so my insides rarely met my outsides when it came to connecting with other people. And I didn't necessarily know that. I just thought that was like how I interacted, how most people interact and that this was just the way that it was. And I was going to have to navigate more uncomfortable interactions. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I didn't realize until, so I had been with my first love for about seven and a half years and we split to go our separate ways. And he was from Costa Rica and he went back to Costa Rica and I stayed, I was in New York and we separated thinking that the universe would bring us back together. And it did. And we remet and we had an incredible night just reconnecting and talking a lot about our relationship. And the big piece that didn't work for us was communication. I really had a hard time articulating what was going on for me. And it created, I mean, so many times I would have to just write letters because I couldn't express it. Um, and we decided though, like, let's, let's try this again. Let's be in each other's lives. And then four months later, he passed away unexpectedly. He was caught in a swell. He was a river guide out in uh, Costa Rica and he drowned. Oh my goodness. In my world, like, I mean, it was like the, I mean, everything really just was blank for me. Mm -hmm. And I, it was the lowest point for me in my life. And I just really wanted someone to come in and make everything better. And everybody was lovely, but they couldn't do it. And it was really on me. And that was my first realization that if I wanted to find a way to enjoy being here, then I was going to have to do it myself. I was going to have to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I went on this journey really to try to understand how to feel better. And what I was learning was incredible. And at the same time, there was something missing for me. I kept feeling like what I was hearing from lots of different people was this piece about communication, but nobody was really talking more about like how, how to communicate differently. And mm -hmm. I then went to a meditation and writing workshop at the Shambhala Institute in New York. When I was living in New York, a friend of mine had suggested it <clears throat> and I never meditated before. I had 
didn't know like anything really about Buddhism. And <clears throat> that weekend just changed everything for me. That's where I learned to meditate. That's where I learned the elements of right speech, which is tell the truth, don't exaggerate, use helpful language and don't gossip. And I really felt like this, this was what I had been looking for. This was it. And I woke up basically thinking, okay, I want to just speak in a kind, honest and helpful way. But then I had no idea how to do it. And so it became my lifestyle experiment really to figure out how, right? How, how can I be kind and honest? How can I be helpful and honest? How can I, you know, mm-hmm. not gossip, not exaggerate? Cause when you really start looking at all these, like these filters in a way, or these guidelines in a way, you really see how much more difficult you're making your interactions. Right. Um, and so this is really where it all began for me, the practice itself. And so in my first book, How to Communicate Like a Buddhist, it really just talks about the practice of listening to yourself, listening to others, speaking consciously, clearly, concisely, how to use silence and meditation, because meditation is truly the glue. It's really the formal practice of intentional communication um, oh. in that, you know, in meditation, you are watching your thoughts and you get distracted and then you're like, oh, I'm distracted. And then you come back. And that's what we do in conversation, right? We get distracted. Right. So it, it teaches you, meditation teaches you a lot around how to interact um, wow. in a calm way. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I started writing about it. And then um, there was interest in uh, uh, books and then courses. And so it all kind of, it all kind of grew from there. So, um, and it's really what I love to do most. I love sharing how to you know, be in those really difficult moments. And instead of giving over to that emotion where you want to like lash out, yell and scream or walk away, how can you find, find a way to stay in the room and have conversation, right. Or Mm -hmm. to connect Mm -hmm. in a kind, honest and helpful way. I love it. It Mm -hmm. it completely changed my life, you know, in the sense of, um, I wouldn't be in the relationship that I am now with my husband now without this work and the relationship I have with my children is so completely different. I don't, I don't know how I would do it really without, (laughs) without knowing what I know. I think I would just be like a complete wreck all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you from experience, I myself did not learn to communicate. I would also say I didn't realize that's what I was relearning to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, in the midst of it, but I too found my way back to my healing via meditation, it's not intended. Awesome. It was right. just, I started like reading self-help books and then I hired a coach who like dropped into my life unexpectedly, but we all know like synchronicity is at it. Yeah. She was the, or is now the fiance of my daughter's guitar teacher. Mm. And we had hired my daughter's guitar teacher at my husband's birthday party. And she thought it was an open, like that he was playing at a bar, not a private party. So she came to see him and That's we me. invited her in. <laughs> and the next thing I know here, I am signing up for life coaching with her. And I, say to her all the time, like you just dropped in. Then I find out you're a life coach. And then the one thing I said to her was like, I should be meditating. Mm -hmm. And she didn't love the thought of like, should, 
Like we shouldn't push that on ourselves, Mm -hmm. but yet, so I like tried to push it away and it kept trying to come back in. And then I would try to like, okay, no, I should, I shouldn't do anything that I feel forced to do. And then one day I was like, I am going to take a whole year off from what I do. I was working like per diem. So working Mm -hmm. minimally, but I'm going to take a whole year off and I'm going to meditate every morning and I'm going to do yoga every morning and I'm going to work with this coach and I'm going to do this. I'm going to get to the bottom of why I just want to blow up all the time. Like Mm -hmm. I have no idea why. And let me tell you that meditation just boom, 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 like opened up all of these aspects of me that I didn't even know were hidden or wanted to come out or (laughs) existed or anything. I had become so dissociated and detached from like what my inner being, Mm -hmm. my inner self needed, the little girl. Yeah. Meditation. I always say this, meditation and running were the two things that brought me back, which running is considered meditative for many people. It's I don't consider running meditative for myself. I don't usually get in the same headspace as meditation, but it's another form Mm -hmm. of meditation for me where I just pound the energy out and see what comes up Mm -hmm. and then go from there. So I can tell you that as I meditated, I started to notice the shift in my relationship with my daughters. Mm -hmm. I started to notice that like, now I was reacting, but as I was reacting, I was now also feeling guilty and like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. to communicate in such a way. And because of meditation, I was then able to start to say, "I, I, I need to just go sit and meditate for a few minutes and I'll be back yeah. <laughs> because, and it, it gave me that first sense of like, I'm safe to go sit with myself mm-hmm. and see, and I can come back to this communication later. Yeah. And because I don't want to say something that's hurtful mm-hmm. and unkind and rude or, and putting a line between my daughters yeah. and mm-hmm. I, And uh, my oldest took the brunt of that because the oldest is the first to push those boundaries of, I was also like a control freak in many ways because of my own childhood. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to control everything. I wanted it to fit just perfectly. And when things started to shift, I like inside everything would come up. And I often say on the podcast, I would go from like zero to 60 as a monster (laughs) and the communication was out of control. and. It was meditation that brought me back home to Mm -hmm. just excuse myself and come back into it from a point of breathing. Now, no one taught me meditation. I didn't like, I did um, guided ones at first, Mm -hmm. and now I can just sit in silence. But I don't, like, I didn't learn the Buddhist way or anything. I was just like, I'm being called to sit in my own stuff. So -hmm. that whatever comes out of my mouth comes up to my head first, and I'm hearing it. Yeah. Well, and that's wonderful because I think that some people have um, ideas about what meditation is, what it's supposed to be like, how it's supposed to happen, you know, and really you don't have to be like uh, in a sheet in India. You don't have to be taught by a guru, right? Like you can really just sit down and close your eyes and begin, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but it really is. It's such a powerful practice because it really it really lets you 
be who you are without judgment, right? You get to witness just all your thoughts, all your ruminations, and then have like this gentle voice when you get caught up to just be like, oh, it's fine. Just like come back. No big deal. Just come back. And mm-hmm. it really helps you access the the present moment and like the rest and digest within the body, which is so important in communication. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important. It helps you to see the different parts of yourself coming. Yeah. Coming mm-hmm. up. And then you can start to differentiate. Like, yeah what's coming up and who do I want to be mm-hmm. right now? Like, instead of becoming the monster, I could then be like, this is, that is not who I want to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to choose this path. And yeah. meditation was definitely a clear path yeah. for me to go that way. Yeah. Cause it brings you into like the observer role, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. start to see your thoughts. You start to see your actions. Like it brings the awareness in your day to day. Mm-hmm. Okay. which is such a beautiful thing because it gives you that like that choice point of whether you continue in the same way or you don't. And so even though you're formally, you know, sitting in silence, that all of what's happening there, though sometimes it feels like nothing is happening there, right? Gets translated outside of outside of that practice into your day-to-day. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. cool. Can I ask you as, mm-hmm. all right, so I have two daughters. One meditates all the time, like I do. My yeah. other is like, I can't still myself long enough to do it. So here I am even like, I believe that it's changed my life. But she's like, I, I don't like, what would be like your top, you know, point of try this or whatever to lean into meditation for those that are listening that are like, yeah, that's not me. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't sit still long enough yeah. to do that. Well, I think there, there's walking meditation, right? Mm-hmm. So walking meditations are wonderful for people who can't sit, like who feel like they can't sit still. I think sometimes like the idea of meditation, we think of as formal sitting, but it doesn't have to be it can be right. Yoga is like mindful movement. So mm-hmm. you're still practicing, like you're informally practicing meditation through mindfulness mm-hmm. movements. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even if she were to um, choose something that she loves to do daily and she just slows every moment of it down and brings her awareness to what it is she's doing in that moment with a friendly attention, mm-hmm. that is her practicing the same thing that you're practicing when you're sitting formally. Mm-hmm. It's just not as concentrated, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, walking meditation is wonderful. And then there's also, you know, if she, um, like even in the morning, if washing her face or brushing her teeth, Right. She just pays attention to what it feels like on her hands to have the water on her hands or what it feels mm-hmm. like when her face is wet or right the mm-hmm. sensation of the toothpaste in her mouth. Right. That that begins the process of becoming more comfortable, slowing down. And mm-hmm. I think that that's really uh, a lot of what the resistance is to meditation for people, especially uh, those who have like... Uh, a drive and our go, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Is that they're like, well, I don't want this to like zen me out all the time. You know, like that energy, that drive is really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily about 
zenning you out all the time. It really is just trying to see if you can access that place of rest a little more, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even through movement, but yeah. and usually I think in for those who are having a hard time with meditation, I usually suggest like in the beginning, just start by waking up and taking five long, slow, deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, you're all set. But five long, slow, deep breath, breaths is like inhale, exhale is one. Inhale, exhale is two. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. I will share it with her because I always say like, um, I look for more, especially because she's my daughter, like the, the why, like there's something Mm -hmm. like, why would you not, why would you not want to sit, but why is it that you can't sit still? So Mm -hmm. it's so great to have like something tangible, like take five slow breaths, do, you know, while you're brushing your teeth, Mm -hmm. you can invite in just slowness and everything and start to slow our system I think like sometimes there's just that level of like slow our nervous system yeah like my my son he's I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old right um and he loves to sing and so we don't do formal meditation we do chanting because he likes to sing so we'll sit and we'll do like more mantra style meditation, mm-hmm. right? Where you're saying something over and over again. So I think if you look at the things that she likes to do, if there's um, any way that you can kind of use that in the practice, mm-hmm. would make well, it No, easier. that's great. And she is actually a singer songwriter. So oh, maybe I bet she would love, she I might mean, love well, that. I can't say, yeah. I don't know her, but yeah, you know, <laughs> maybe introduce it as right. Um, you know, uh, there's one that we do. It's like the Om Mani Padma Om, and um, it's just a a melody, and you just sing it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I will <laughs> definitely and inv- look into that and share yeah. it with her. So I know it's something she wants to invite in to mm-hmm. for some of her own healing from like over the years or yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we first started emailing back and forth, we talked about um, one aspect that I think we're both passionate about within your communication and then me on the podcast is creating these intentional relationships with our children. Mm -hmm. And I would love to explore this a little more deeply and how using intentional communication Mm-hmm. allows us and opens the doorway up for intentional relationships. Cause I think this is probably one of my greatest missions is that I feel like as parents, as mothers, we yeah. are ingrained with the belief that like, well, there has to be arguing. So I'm speaking a lot in this from like the teen years specifically, yeah. but you think back to when children are younger And it's like, oh, well, they're throwing a tantrum and mom's getting like all crazy in the grocery store or whatever. So that's really no different than the teenager (laughs) slamming a door on mom's face. And Mm -hmm. I would have all these friends say to me, like, that's just the way it is. Like that's you have to let them be like that. That's the teenage years. They're going to roll their eyes. And I remember feeling really deep inside of me like, no, that can't. I'm not saying we can't disagree hundred percent. They are their own people. We should Mm -hmm. always allow that room for disagreeing and having independent thoughts, but it doesn't have to be like this. And if we get a handle on what we can do to have intentional 
conscious relationships with our children, then won't we have better relationships down the road? And I feel like the work I've done in my own relationship with both my daughters, I've noticed that, yes, that is possible. Mm-hmm. But I would love like just your input from that because you also have younger children where I'm on the older and sometimes I forget those years, like what happened. <laughs> They're yeah. a blur. I'll remind you. I can tell you. We <laughs> yeah. just had big meltdowns in the library the other day. Oh, those are oh fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. those are fun ones where it's a quiet place. <laughs> yeah. Quiet voice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's really, you know, like I was saying when we first started talking, I think that without, um, this practice right now would be really hard for me. Right. Mm Um, I mean, it's still hard. I don't want to say that it's not hard because it still is, but, um, because we are like, as humans, we are designed to react, right? Like it is just human nature to be reactive Mm -hmm. and, Things happen so fast, so quickly that in a moment that is very heated or like, you know, your kid slams the door or your toddler's having a meltdown, right? It's our initial reaction automatically to go into that cortisol pumping through the body, feeling threatened, feeling like we have to protect ourselves in some way, feeling like we have to defend ourselves in some way. And we all have different ways of that coming through, right? Mm -hmm. Some people lash out and they yell and they scream. Some people get dismissive. Some people just like shut down completely, roll their eyes, walk away. Um, Some people, you know, over explain or they make excuses or things like that. And what's funny, I find, is that we can see these things in our children, Mm -hmm. And it's harder for us to understand that we're doing the exact same thing that our children are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have our prefrontal cortex up here, which is fully formed at this point. So that's our logic and reason. So it is on us to be the ones to make the shifts and make the changes so that it's easier for the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. The responsibility of change cannot be on the child, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... So you have these moments where you're reacting and so everything is just coming out and you don't know what you're saying and you're saying hurtful things and then you just feel badly about it after and then you've created disconnection and also, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily know then how to repair that, right? And so then these breaks just keep building up and building up and building up and then separation continues and continues and then it's harder to come back. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you start to become more intentional with the way that you're communicating or in these relationships, what changes is you have an awareness of what your default reactions are. You understand the sensation that matches the default reaction, because we all like, I get passive aggressive and I want to just like walk out the door. Mm-hmm. Before all that happens in my body, there is a clear sensation that is going on. It is like, I can't even, it's just like it's in my chest. I feel mm-hmm. it. It's like, oh, it's not so good. You know, everyone has a different sensation. But when I feel that sensation, I know I'm about to react. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is my moment to choose other, like the other way, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the only way for me then to choose the other way though, is for me to soothe myself in that moment and to be able to be like, in my mind, you're, you're like really upset right now. You're feeling a lot right now. You're feeling stupid. You're feeling invisible. You're feeling misunderstood. You're feeling like mistreated. It's okay. We're fine. We're safe. We're okay. Right. Because Uh our bodies in that moment need to understand that we're safe because they don't, right? Which Uh is why we start attacking or we go Uh on the defensive. So we have to allow that to to simmer so we can find that calm. And then we can interact in a way that's like, I understand that you're really upset right now that you you aren't able to go to your friend's house. I get that you've been like really wanting to do that. And then you realize that's all you have to say, right? And you get that opportunity because you've created that space to be able to choose a different, mm-hmm. a different way, right? Mm-hmm. So you you end up creating more connection. You end up seeing your child clearly, and you're able to let go of what, like, what is yours that's preventing you from being there for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's so totally it becomes. Sense it becomes a closer relationship, one more of trust Mm -hmm. and safety. Mm -hmm. It is one of my greatest beliefs that it's our generation is from what I have noticed and witnessed in my work, the first generation of women and mothers that are taking that, taking that step and being like, I don't want to yeah. feel this way. We, why am I doing this? We're, we're the first ones to explore that a little deeper. Doesn't mean, I mean, of course, there are mothers from previous generations that started that movement, maybe yeah. a little more silently because there weren't as many of them. But now conscious motherhood is a big thing. You're seeing um, people on TikTok, people on Instagram talk about doing our inner work so that we can show up. And I say all the times to my daughter, both of them, but specifically when I was going through this with my oldest, I wish I had recognized before I had children, what was coming up inside of me. I didn't notice that the passive aggressive or how I reacted was negative. I thought I was right all the time for how I was reacting. Like, of course I should react like that. I'm mad right now or I feel hurt, but I wasn't even taking the time to feel the underneath emotion a hundred percent and understand what wound in my childhood or what past experience brought that emotion forward to then bring through that trait of I'm going to be passive aggressive, or I'm going to make like a snarky little comment. And suddenly when they're teenagers, you're like, oh gosh, my mom used to say that same thing to me. And it really hurt my feelings. But I believe we're like the first generation of women that are willing to say, I've messed up. Like this does not feel good and I have to change it. And I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in my situation, I've become really like I... I now explain a lot of like where it's coming from inside of me mm-hmm. or an understanding on all, all parts. Sometimes it's just for me to hear myself say, when this happens, I feel this and it's linked to this. Right. And also for them to have an understanding that mom is not just like 
getting all fired up and ready to like attack that there's actual events that I'm like processing in my mind and working down from in that moment. Mm -hmm. So I was, I've been doing some workshops at a local therapy office on healing and motherhood. And I was talking about it with my oldest daughter and my oldest daughter said to me, wouldn't it be great though, if the women were healing before motherhood? And she's like, so that, uh, yes. they, so that they knew, like, and I said to her, sometimes I think that's going to be your generation is yeah. going to do it. Well, and I, I think also it's hard, right? Because I think that there are some people who may have healed before motherhood. And then you have children and it's it layers. opens a whole Healing nother. is always layers. Yeah. And yeah. And opens so the next one box. comes down <laughs> and the next one gets peeled back. It's like an yeah. onion. When mm -hmm. she left for college, I was like, here's a whole new layer. Like yeah. I realized suddenly that was, I was not reacting anymore, but what was coming up was an abandonment wound. Mm -hmm. of like, you're leaving me, you're going 800 miles away. How dare you? Yeah. Why, why did I say we should do this? Like, yeah. Why did I tell you when you were a little kid? Why did I raise you to be independent and this leave? Is, this was ridiculous. <laughs> and, um, even, but we're so much, it's crazy. It's only been four months. Like she just went home two weeks back two weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, it's only been a few months and she's changed so much, but even our relationship has deepened because I knew deep down she needed to go because I wanted to go and I yeah. wasn't allowed to. Yeah. So it was like, well, we got it. We tell them to do like, if we learn from that, we let them go and mm -hmm. experience. So, yeah. yeah. But I do think when the more open we are, especially mm -hmm. as they get older, obviously some of that's difficult when they're still tiny, mm -hmm. but um, the more open we are about that process, the more willing yeah future generations will start doing that at a younger age. And when each layer is peeled, they'll have the resources to yeah. understand maybe this is just another layer that yeah. I have to go through. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, whether it's grieving, whether it's motherhood, marriage, and even our relationship with ourselves mm -hmm. and how we how we communicate inside to our, to ourselves, yeah. to speak to ourselves and yeah. the little girl inside or the teenage girl inside that wasn't seen. Yeah. 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 No, I definitely think that communication and that intentional relationship is, is key. Mm -hmm. Cause you're choosing it. You're right? choosing as opposed it's, that's to empowering. It's super empowering. Yeah. Because I mean, you get to be, like you get to be in charge of how you show up. Mm -hmm. That's really empowering instead mm -hmm. of it being guided by your child or guided by your emotion or guided by what's happening in the world. Or, you know, you're the one who gets to, to choose, you know, today, this is how I want to show up in this relationship. This mm -hmm. is, and that's why, you know, setting even an, an intention is so important. Right. When you wake up in the morning, just being like, you know, I really want to connect in a loving way with my children today. I really want to practice being patient today. I really want to practice mm -hmm. being generous today, you know, and that guides the way that you connect. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 I think intentions for me have proven to be so much more valuable even than goals. 
is just these intentional ways of showing up. Mm -hmm. Um, Even as like we stepped into the new year, I was, I've run half marathons and everything, but I was like, I'm just going to commit to one mile a day, every day of the year. It, It doesn't like, it's just an intention to get out and run one mile. I can't really back away from a mile. And yeah. I just, it, it's showing up for yourself. It's remind, It's empowering to say, okay, I'm choosing again. I'm choosing myself. I'm choosing mm-hmm. to show up in this way versus the old way. Yeah. And, um, you know, all those little intentions, I feel like then once one intention feels pretty smooth sailing, it's easy to also say like, okay, another what's the, like, what's the next small intention that I can build upon? And even going back to communication, when I was first doing some healing work within myself and working through the miscommunication that I was showing up with, with my daughter, Mm -hmm. I remember starting really small of just like, I am just going to, when I feel, because I feel it somatically coming up in my body as well. Okay. So when I feel the fire, like starting to come up, it is the clue that says, excuse yourself. Right. With, I I do think what's a really valuable communication here though, is excusing yourself with the understanding that you're not leaving because they did something wrong. Right. Do you see what I mean? Like, I think because my past self would have been like, I have to get away from you. Right. And, but now flipping that to, I, I need to go sit with myself and really understand what's coming up. And then when I come back, we can, you know, we can chat some more, but Mm -hmm. mom will be in a much better place. Yeah. And um, that was like the number one thing that I had to do to slow down my communication and start to reframe it and Mm -hmm. come back differently. Yeah. It's really, it's such a wonderful tool to have, right? Mm -hmm. To just be able to be like, I really want to be kind right now and I can't be. So I need to just go to the bathroom for a minute, take some Mm -hmm. deep breaths and then I'll come back. Right, right. I think it's the key point to um, being responsive versus Mm -hmm. reactive in those situations. And Mm -hmm. that was always a big part of it too. Mm -hmm. you know, you wouldn't think those two words were really that much different, just looking at them quickly. But I was like, huh, it's all about responding versus reacting. Like you can have a reaction and that typically in your mind is blowing up or, Mm -hmm. you know, it it has like a much more passionate, like fire coming out of it. But a response comes from the heart. Usually, Mm -hmm. you know, it can and open up that doorway. And you can still, you can still share the reaction that you are going to have in a responsive way, right? Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. just comes out in a much kinder and more helpful way, as opposed to it coming out in a way that the other person can't hear you. Right. Right. And, you know, I love that point was that they can't hear you when mm-hmm. you're reacting. <laughs> I mean, it's like total shutdown yeah. building like, next. like next. Well, how many more years until I, you know, have to put up with this, but that that's a really good point so that, you know, you can both hear each other because yeah. um, no one wants to listen and everybody shuts down when somebody's reacting or going over the top. Yeah. 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 Wow. I, I love this. This is, I always say like what I could talk about all the time with people is just shifting our way of interacting mm-hmm. with each other in all relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important. 
as moms to start that with ourselves and our children mm-hmm. and our marriages, because oh, that yeah. in itself creates that home base, that mm-hmm. safe foundation that the kids know, you know, I grew up in a house where I did not know what was going to happen when they communicated because it might just blow up and somebody's going to storm out. And then you notice this is actually what you also do. Yeah. And, um, or that you say you want to like get away like that and you're just bringing that along with you, but to create a strong, safe foundation with yourself, with your marriage and within your home sets that up then for your children as well. So yeah, it's a ripple. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You have, how many years have you had Kane intentional communication? Since 2017, the Institute has been since 2017. So running people through training since Mm -hmm. 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, The first book came out in 2015. Um, And then the course, How to Communicate Like a Buddhist came out in 2015 as well. So it kind of started from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have two books after the first one? Oh, three books. Two after the first one. And then I'm working on my next book now. Wow. Yeah. And can you tell our listeners like, so the titles of the Mm -hmm. three books? So how to communicate like a Buddhist and then talk to yourself like a Buddhist and then how to meditate like a Buddhist. And then the one that I'm working now is around how to communicate with people that you disagree with. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) That's a good one right now. I can see how that one's being birthed out into the world at this point. So yeah, that's, um, I feel like every holiday function, every big external family (laughs) function, that book might just need to be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like I always say to my husband, like within our friends, you know, the friends are the family that you build for yourself. And so Typically, you're sort of like not in huge disagreement of morals, values, what you stand for, whatever. But for whatever, you know, your family is a whole different ballgame. And um, you can often have very varying uh, opinions and disagree on a lot. So I could see that one being very helpful as as with all the rest of them. Um, And do you do workshops or like I know you do workshops, but um, like speaking engagements are you out in the community in just your area or do you travel around for that so we so we have a training program that we run um and then i i do a lot of like company workshops like going in and um doing talks around intentional communication within the workplace Mm -hmm. um and then um most of like most of our work though is online uh, since the pandemic, mm-hmm. before the pandemic, I traveled to do more like retreats or workshops and things like that. But since the pandemic, I've really just been holding workshops from my office, from your office, um, which has yeah. been great. But yeah, yes, yes. No, I think um, for myself as well, the pandemic really just opened up like how many more people you could yeah. meet and reach. Yeah, because you can, you can be home and do this is there value in the intimate retreats that are all together of course Mm -hmm. but it's just lovely to know you can reach Mm -hmm. more of the masses um and get your word out and your mission and share all that and i just think you're doing a phenomenal work in in the field of communication and sharing that and really making an impact 
on how many people you touch, who then every person you touch with that mm. that mission and your words takes it out to the next person. And I'm sure it leaves an imprint and going forward. So I you know, I love this. I love this conversation. I'm sure we can always come back and have another one yeah. at another time, maybe mm. even, you know, in the next couple of months or whatever and yeah. chat about more communication, but I think this is a good space to close so that the listeners you know, don't have to sit too long. <laughs> and I'm always like, oh yeah, I, I should try to keep it under an hour so yes. that we, we don't have one of those really, really long ones that nobody gets to finish. And I yeah. think this was just really, really great. So I thank you for coming on today and sharing all about communication and your story. And I will be sure in the show notes and also um, to let everybody know where they can find you and follow along or grab your books. So we'll make sure that all those links are there. But I want to thank you again for being here and sharing all of your wisdom. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey friends, thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Intuitive Mother Podcast. I am so deeply grateful for each and every one of you that has listened in, whether it's your 50th episode or first episode, you taking the time to share this sacred space with me means the world to me and warms my heart. I would love to hear from each and every one of you about what interviews you loved and what you want to hear more of. Drop me a line at Angie at AngieSchaefer.com. On my website, you can also learn more about the programs that I'm offering and the coaching and healings that are also available for each one of you as you journey home to your sacred self. I am thankful for you spending your time with me, and I cannot wait to share another episode with you next week. Have a great day.